enjoyed our time with you this Saturday night. I think the Lord has helped us. I want to thank him for that. Amen. And um, I don't think he's done yet, though. So I pray the Lord continue to move in our midst and speak to our hearts tonight. Appreciate these missionaries. Appreciate each one of you that have been with us these days. You know, I'll be praying for your ministries, praying for your families, praying the Lord meet your needs and keep you safe and and um, make your make your ministry flourish around you. Amen. I do want to say just a couple of things. We're going to hand out the faith promise cards tonight, and I'll talk about them in just a moment. But uh, also want to mention we've got some brochures that tell you a little bit about Prayer Baptist Missions and. Um, we are certainly not the only mission board or mission agency out there, but we sure would be honored to help you if there's any way that we could. And uh, I highly, highly recommend the mission board. Um, there are a few out there, and I say a few, that are anti-mission board, uh, but I promise you this, the pros outweigh the cons. Amen. So... Um, if you ever need us for anything, please let us know. And if you want to pick up the brochure, it tells you all about the mission board. We have a few of them. And here's the faith promise cards. Um, most of you are familiar with these. Of course, if you're here visiting with us tonight, you belong to another church, then, of course, we don't expect you to take one of these. But for North Spoon Baptist Church, I do encourage you to take one of these faith promise cards. And uh, my advice would be, uh, don't fill it out just yet. Uh, you say, well, why are you giving them out to us now? Why don't you pray over them? Pray about them. Uh, we'll take them up tomorrow night or and or both Sunday. I don't know uh, what all the preacher wants to do just yet, but I'm sure there'll be some that will come Sunday that may not be here. Uh, but why don't you pray over these? And it's just a, it's a tool that the church uses to help us uh, get an idea of what to expect to come in over the next year. And uh, if you take time to read, I'm not going to preach on that tonight, but if you take time to read 2 Corinthians 8, 9, and even over into 2 Corinthians 10, you'll find that the church of Corinth made a commitment to give a year ahead of time. And Paul then was going to come and send others with him, bring others with him to pick up that commitment, that, that offering that they had committed to. And it was done at a year time. And so that's why a lot of churches like this one do this annually. And the, and the people make an annual commitment of what they do in faith promise. So um, it's time to renew your commitment. Why do we re need to renew it? Why can't we just stick with the old one? Because we're hoping, and this is scriptural as well, that your faith has increased. If your faith has increased, then there's a good chance your commitment will increase. It, it ain't whether or not your income has increased. It ain't whether or not you got a better job. It's, it's not whether or not the economy's gotten better. It's whether or not your faith has increased. Paul said he had a desire to take the gospel to the regions beyond. But what it hinged on was the, the church's faith. He said, 
when your faith is increased, then I'll be able to take the gospel in the regions beyond. Uh, what, what did the church's faith have to do with him being able to take the gospel in the regions beyond? Their faith by, by their faith being increased, they'd be able to help him to reach farther. Amen. And so we've got these faith promise cards. Brother Joe and Brother Mark come and hit me. And uh, go down on each side. Again, this is just for North Spoon. Uh, if um, you're not a member here but you want to participate, raise your hand. They give you one too. Amen. And uh, that's right. And uh, once you get these, I'll I'll take just a minute to go over them with you, and I'll let you get them in hand, and uh, we'll look at them together real quickly. sure stand in amazement tonight of what the Lord's done over the last few years here at North Spoon Baptist Church. And um, it, it's biblical. Paul used the churches of Macedonia, boasted, if you will, about what God was doing in Macedonia to encourage the church of Corinth. Turned that thing around. He used the church of Corinth to encourage the churches of Macedonia and boasted about the church of Corinth. And so from time to time, and please don't get the big head over this, from time to time I have used this church, and I have boasted about what the Lord has done uh, with this congregation. Amen? And uh, I'm amazed when I look around the walls and see all those prayer letters and prayer cards and ministries that are represented. You say 53? 52. 52 missionaries being supported. Uh, Y'all just about have just about as many missionaries do have church folk. Amen? Amen. Uh, they say, that's embarrassing. No, that's not a bit embarrassing. Praise the Lord for that. You know what that tells me? That tells me God's doing something here. Amen. Because only God can do stuff like that. Amen. All right, you got your faith promise card. Look at it with me real quickly. There on the left-hand side said, my faith promise for missions. And the amount promised there is a line. And um, this side is for you to keep. You see how it's perforated, almost in the center, a little bit more to the right. But you'll tear it apart, and you'll keep the left-hand left side. And it just say, says, in dependence upon God, I promise to give each week for one year the worldwide missionary work of our church, the amount checked in the column at the right. We'll talk about that in just a moment. And there's that verse, 2 Corinthians 10, 15, 16. When your faith is increased... We shall be enlarged by you to preach the gospel in the regions beyond. Then over to the right, that smaller portion that's got the big box on it, is my faith promise for missions. And it's got uh, promised each week or monthly. If you're going to give it weekly, check that weekly box. If you're going to give every Sunday, check that weekly box. Uh, some people only get paid once a month. They might want to only give it once a month. So if you're going to do that, check that monthly box. And then there's several figures down below that. If the figure that the Lord has put on your heart is in there, check that box. If your figure is not in there, check that blank one and write it in. Whatever the figure is that the Lord's put on your heart to give, write it in that blank box. This is the portion that you'll turn in. Notice there's no place to put your name, no place to put a phone number, uh, we're not going to bill you, call you, jump on you if you're not keeping up. Uh, but this is a commitment. 
Corinth, Paul told the church of Corinth, he said, now therefore perform the doing of it. If you're going to commit it, do it. Amen. Say, preacher, what if I get in a bind? Listen to me carefully. God knows if you're going to get in a bind. Are you going to trust God to do this? Or are you going to trust you to do this? The key is trusting God to do this. He may put a figure on your mind that don't make no sense. Um, somebody in your family might know what you're committing to give. They're going to say, how in the world are you going to do that? Look at them clearly and say this, I'm not going to do it. God is. And then watch God do it. Amen. He wants you to trust him. So uh, give to trust him. Amen. Uh, take these with you. Pray over them. We may even give you a, a moment, special time of prayer. Pray over these. I'm sure we will probably tomorrow night before you fill them out. And just, just ask the Lord. Now leave the calculator out of it. Um, don't budge it and say, well, after I pay my bills and after I tithe, y'all do tithe, right? After I pay my bills and I tithe and I, I do all this, and then I've only got this much left and I can give a portion of that. That ain't faith promise. All that is is budgeted giving. If that's what you're going to do, go ahead. But you, you know what you're going to get? You're going to get budgeted blessings. <laughs> I like them faith blessings, amen. So trust him. Ask him what he wants you to do. Take your Bibles tonight. Let's go to the book of Ruth. Ruth chapter number 2. Ruth chapter number 2 tonight. i to share with you what I believe the Lord's put on our heart this evening. Ruth chapter number 2. And while you're turning, I uh, just want to make a comment. I don't, I don't like to center out any missionary more than I do another. Uh, but I've ne never met Brother Bill tonight, and um, missionary going back to, back to Africa. Um, say he's 73-year-old, is that right? 73-year-old, and it just hit me. Kind of reminded me last night. Uh, old Bar Barzillia. 80 year old and refused to go and uh, 73 year old is a good retirement age somebody say amen right there good time to sit down rest and enjoy the fruits of your labor that's the way the world looks at it anyhow I don't say it's just it blessed my heart that somebody I don't think he'll mind me saying this Somebody that's ready to retire is going back on deputation. Amen. That, that blessed me. I don't know about you. Uh, he's not using his age in excuse. And you shouldn't either. Whether you think you're too young, you're too old, or you're not interested, or whatever it might be, I'm glad there's still some willing to go. Amen. Amen. I got to get off that. That's a slap in the young people's face. I said it. All right, don't get mad at me, but I did say it. Amen. Why is the Lord sending him back? Probably because somebody young wouldn't want to go. I'm getting off that. All right. Y'all okay? Feel a little tired in here tonight. Y'all all right? 
Ruth chapter number 2. Now I'm going to take for granted tonight that you're familiar with chapter 1. Okay. I may just mention a little briefly what's taking place. There was a man by the name of Elimelech. He's got a wife by the name of Naomi. They've got two boys and they are living in a time of famine or time of, uh, of hardship. They're struggling there in Bethlehem but they leave during this time of famine and they go down to Moab to sojourn. Y'all remember the story, right? They get down to Moab and and the two boys die. Elimelech dies but those two boys have married Moabitess women and um, one of them's by the name of Ruth, the other's Orpha. Um, Naomi decides it's time to go back. She hears that there's bread in the house of bread. What about that? And she goes back home. She goes back. And uh, But notice this. Here's something that jumped out at me. Her testimony was she went out full. It was a time of famine. But she went out full. Wasn't that she's hungry? Wasn't that they were starving? God's still taking care of them in the famine. And she testified she went out full. But she came home empty. Amen. And they said, is this not Naomi? Naomi means the sweet one, if you will. She said, call me not Naomi, but call me Mara. Mara means bitter. She said, the Lord hath dealt bitterly with me. You know the story how Orpha stayed back, stayed in Moab, but Ruth determined to return with Naomi. Amen. So chapter number 2, verse number 1, let's stand together uh, just for a moment if you can and able. Ruth chapter number 2, beginning verse number 1. Y'all okay? All right, just check. Pray for us, all right? Verse 1, And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. And Ruth, the Moabitess, said unto Naomi, let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And her hap was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless thee. Then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, whose damsel is this? And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, It is the Moabitish damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And she said, and he, and she said I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and hath continued even from the morning until now that she tarried a little in the house. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? And when thou art athirst, go into the vessels, and drink of that which the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, and bowed herself to the ground, 
and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes, that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? And Boaz said unto her, It hath fully been showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother and the land of thy nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knowest knewest not heretofore. The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose, whose wings thou art come to trust. Then she said, Let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord, for thou hast comforted me, and for that thou hast spoken friendly unto thy handmaid, though I be not like unto one of thine handmaidens. And Boaz said unto her, At mealtime come thou hither, and eat of the bread, and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers, and he reached her parched corn, and she did eat, and it was sufficed, and left. And when she had risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and reproach her not. And let fall also some, some of the handfuls of purpose for her, and leave them, that she may glean them, and rebuke her not. So she gleaned in the field until even, and beat out that which she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. She took it up and went into the city, and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned, and she brought forth and gave to her that she had reserved after she was sufficed. And her mother-in-law said unto her, where, ha where hast thou gleaned today, and where wroughtest thou? Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. And she shewed her her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought, and said, the man's name with whom I wrought today is Boaz. Let's pray. Father, sure are grateful for the privilege to be here again tonight. I want to thank you for everything you've said and done in our hearts and in our midst thus far. I pray tonight, Lord, as we consider what you would have us to do, Lord, in our part of reaching this world with the gospel, may you speak to us. Lord, may you help us, guide us. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to trust you. Lord, I ask you now as we take the time to look at the Word of God, please speak to our hearts again. Lord, help us as only you can. Touch me afresh tonight. Lord, please give me liberty. Lord, whatever you do, we'll try our best to thank you for it. Lord, for it's in Jesus' precious name that we pray. And amen. Thank you. You can be seated. I'm interested tonight in verse number 16 where the Bible said, and let, uh, let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her and leave them that she might glean them and rebuke her not. I'm interested in those handfuls of purpose. I'm sure most of you anyway are familiar with the text. Uh, she's came home with Naomi and she goes out to the fields to glean. Now according to the Levitical law they were supposed to leave the corners of the fields for the poor people to glean from. When their harvest, when the time of harvest has come and they're going through the fields and they're reaping the harvest, the corners was to be left alone for the poor people. 
And so what Ruth is doing, she's going to the corners of the fields to reap, to glean some of the harvest. It's time of harvest, and she's out there gathering what has been left for the poor people. Boaz happens to be the owner of the field where she's gleaning in. Boaz is a kinsman of Elimelech. And uh, we all know that he's going to become the kinsman redeemer. And he sees this young lady out in the field and he asks who, who she is. And the servants have told Boaz, this is the Moabitish woman that came back with Naomi. And, and, and he's heard about her and he knows about her. And, and, and for some reason or another, he, he takes a liking to her. He's interested. He's charged the men not to touch her, to leave her alone, and, and invited her to come and eat and, and told her where the vessels were of water when she got thirsty. And then he turns to his servants and tells them to go above and beyond the norm, go beyond what's required of leaving the corners and leaving a little bit for her to glean and give a little extra. Drop a few handfuls of purpose along the way for her. And now that's what I'm interested in tonight is those handfuls of purpose. Let's look real quickly. I won't be long, but let's notice first of all the provision of these handfuls of purpose. Notice the substance. It's just grain, if you will. She's going to have to gather it. She's going to have to pick it up, she's going to have to beat it, and all that goes along with that, but they are going to leave it for her. This, it's what she needs, not only what she needs, it's what her and Naomi need to survive, to live on, if you will, the substance of the provision. But then notice the source of the provision. Boaz has commanded his servants to leave them for her. Amen? So technically, it may not be considered as coming from Boaz, coming from the servants. But whose field is it? Whose command is it? It is coming from Boaz. It's his that he's telling them to give her, but he's going to do it through his servants. I hope you begin now to start putting the picture together with me tonight. We have some that are in the field. And their purpose there is to gather a harvest, to reap, if you will, to glean, if you will. And the, our heavenly Boaz, our Redeemer, has commanded his servants to leave a few handfuls of to go beyond what is required, to do a little extra than the norm. Amen? Now, here's what's on my heart. It might be a little bit different than what you might expect. Uh, but uh, I'm not necessarily even thinking tonight about our regular faith promise given. Lord's put something else on my heart. I, I wish we could get to a place where we could be faithful to our tithe, be faithful to our faith promise, but yet even go beyond all of that and do a little extra every now and then. Amen. I think that's a good idea. And I'll show you why here in just a few minutes. The substance of this provision, the 
source of this provision. Notice the size of this provision. It's not bucketfuls, if you will, but it is a handful. He said leave handfuls of purpose. Amen. Now, it really depends on the size of the hand as to just how much is going to be left. Amen. Some, it might be quite a bit because they got a big hand. For somebody else, it might not be quite a bit. might be a small portion because they have a small hand. Amen. But buddy, I'm telling you, I can't get my mind off the Lord's hand. Amen. If it's going to come from Him, and it's His handful, it's going to be more than enough. Amen. Now, the size of the provision. But then notice this. The subjectiveness of the provision. This is going to be up to the servant to do this. They have been told by Boaz to do it. But how often, when, how much is going to be up to the individual servant. Is that right? He didn't give them a specific amount of handfuls, how many handfuls, how often to do a handful. Didn't say that. Just said leave some handfuls of purpose along the way. So every servant, it's going to be up to them when to drop one. How much to drop one? How many times to drop one? It's totally up to the servant. Amen. But keep in mind, what they're going to be dropping ain't theirs to start with. It belongs to the Redeemer. It belongs to Boaz. It's his crop. It's his harvest. It's his provision. It's his substance. He's just going to decide how much of his substance to drop for her. Amen. Can I remind you, everything we have belongs to him. I know some of you got up this morning and labored today and, and earned a living by the sweat of your brow. But let me ask you, who got you out of bed this morning? Who gave you the health and strength to get up? Who gave you the job to start with? I'm telling you all that could be gone in a moment's notice. Amen. Now, everything that we have, it belongs to Him. He just lets us have some use of it. He lets us have charge of it. And He expects us to be a good steward of it. Amen. Now, all they're going to do is take what's Boaz's and give to her. Amen. I'm liking this, ain't you? Uh, and it's going to be up to them. How much to do? Oh, yes, there's going to be the expected portion. They're going to leave the corners. They're going to do what the law requires them to do. But Boaz ain't telling them to do what the law is requiring them. He said do a little extra. Do a little bit more than what's required. Do a little bit more than what's expected. I believe we've got a big enough God that allow us, can I just say it, as poor as some may be, I still believe we've got enough every now and then to drop a little extra. Amen. I believe God's been good enough to us. He's been so good to us. I believe every now and even, even some of us that struggle the most, I believe every now and then we still got enough to drop a little handful extra on purpose every now and then. Amen. The size, the subjectiveness... But now this is a special provision. It is not required. Amen. Above and beyond. We, we see the provision. Here's what I want to get to. But then let's think of the purpose. 
Why did Boaz want them servants to drop a handfuls of purpose along the way? Why? What was his reasoning behind that? I believe there's three of them. First of all, it was for her living. She needed to live. She is dependent upon Boaz and the servants for her living. Amen. She has no other source of income. Say, preacher, it ain't money. It's a living. Amen. She has nowhere else to get it. She's dependent on the one who owns the field, the one who owns the harvest. Amen. And so when he, when he tells them this, he said, we want to provide for her her living. But not only was this for her living, Boaz has struck interest in her, and he wants her to stay in his field. Why is he commanding his servants to drop a little extra along the way? He don't want her to turn to another field. You see, there would be the possibility if she couldn't get enough to live on from his field, she might go to another field looking somewhere else for her living. Boaz don't want that. He wants to keep her in, I know where I'm going. He wants to keep her in his field. Amen. So the reason for this, number one, was for her living. Number two was for her staying. Number three was for her wooing. He likes her. I think he's in love with her. Amen. I don't know if there's really anything special about her, but he saw something in her that's pretty special. Amen. He said, I, I want to provide. I sure would like for her to stay in my field. And, and if I could be real good to her, I just might woo her to myself. Does it work? Some of you have studied the book, you know, in chapter 3, where she ends up, she ends up at his feet. His desire was to draw her to himself. And he's going to use his servants to do that. Oh, my goodness. I want to preach to you missionaries. But not just you missionaries. I want to preach to all of us just a few minutes. You think, I think I know why God's so good to us. You know why God keeps meeting your needs? You know why God keeps dropping a few handfuls along the way? And I know he's wanting to take care of us. I know he wants, to, he wants us to live good. And let's be honest. Again, even some of us that struggle the hardest, we're pretty good shape. Listen to me carefully. If you make more than $10 a day, you're in the top 20% financially of the world. Did you hear what I said? If you have more than $10 a day of income, whether it's through the whole month or through the week, if you're getting more than $10 a day, you are in the top 20%. Preacher, I'm struggling to make ends. There ain't no way I'm in the top 20% financial. In the world, you are. 
80% of the world lives on less than $10 a day. God's been real good to us. I know some of you struggling, and there's times you don't know how you're going to pay all the bills and all. But my goodness, God sure has been good to you. You could have been born somewhere else. You could be living in a third world country. You could know what real poverty is. But God sure has been real good to you. And God wants to take care of you. Especially tonight. Listen to me. If you're His, He's going to take care of His own. Amen. Solomon said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. Amen. Now, somebody pointed out to me, said, Preacher, he didn't say there wasn't no righteous forsaken or there wasn't nobody bragging for bed. just said he didn't see them. Come on now. You want to nitpick that stuff? Help yourself. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I ain't never seen the righteous forsaken neither. Amen. God's been good to us. I do know what God just wants to take care of us. You missionaries, these churches supporting you, offerings that you receive, special help, special offerings from time to time. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, God's just trying to take care of you. But it's more than that. He's not just trying to take care of you. He wants you to stay in your field. his field he knows where you're at and he wants you to stay there and so what he's doing is trying to meet your needs and keep you give you a little extra to be good to you to keep you in your field but it's more than that you know what he's really doing he's wooing you to himself hey all them people that's invested in you. If you ain't real careful, and I want to tell you, be sure to thank the church. The churches. Be sure to thank them. Amen. You couldn't do what you're doing tonight if it wasn't for some of God's people getting up and going to work in the morning. Amen. Earning a living by the sweat of their brow. Breaking their backs trying to make a living and put something in an offering plate so you can go and not have to work however it should be work. You ought not go to the mission field to lay back and do nothing. Somebody help me right there. There ought to be some work involved. But these people working hard so you can do that. Thank them. Thank them. Amen. But really ain't the church. It's doing it. I ain't trying to take nothing away from the church. Don't get upset at me. You know where it's coming from, don't you? God's just using his servants. Because he's seen something he's seen something special in you. <laughs> he's falling for you. Amen. He's interested in you. He loves you. 
He wants you at His feet. So what He does, he be, He's being real good to you. Hoping that you'll not just thank the churches, but you'll run to Him and find yourself at His feet every now and then because He's been so good to you and loves us. He just wants you to love Him. He wants you to fall in love with Him. Hey, listen, I, I encourage you to love your people. I encourage you to love the church. I'm telling you, if we love the people and we love a church, but we don't love God, we've messed up somewhere. It's all about loving Him. He's the one that's trying to woo us to Himself. Amen. He said, drop some handfuls on purpose. I really am interested. I want to I draw her to myself. I, wanna, I can just see her at my feet. I can just see her not only at my feet, I can see her in the family. Amen. Purpose of this. Her living. Staying. God's been so good to us. We ought to be at his feet. But just the other day, begging God for a, a need. Didn't know how he was going to make it. You know what God did? Somebody dropped a handful on purpose. Don't forget about that. I'll be at his feet. Thank you, Lord. Don't know why you'd even be interested in me. Don't know why you'd love me like you do. Lord, I just want to thank you. I want to worship you. That's what he longs for. Provision, purpose. Let me say this to pay off. Did it work? Did it work? Did Boaz get what he longed for? Amen. I'm telling you, we make this story about Ruth, but it really ain't about Ruth. It's about Boaz. Amen. He's a wooing her to himself. He's the kinsman redeemer. Amen. It's really about him. It ain't about me and you. It ain't about me and you. It worked. It kept her in the field. Every morning she'd get up, you know where she'd go? Boaz's field. Now chapter 3, drew her to his feet. Chapter 4, she's in the family. Amen. It worked. Church, let's be the servant. Why don't you be a servant? Listen to the Boaz, our Boaz. Might tell you, drop, drop some extra along the way. Drop a little handful. I like that word purpose. Intentionally. Drop it on purpose. Be good every now and then. Just keep a little extra set aside. A little handful set aside. Whenever God nudges, whenever God says, drop it on purpose for somebody. Amen. No telling what God might do with that. I'll tell you what it will do. It'll meet somebody's need. They're living. Might keep them in the field. That might be the very thing that draws them back to him or draws them to him. It'll work. Handfuls. Purpose. Got a little extra? Yeah, preacher.
preacher, I've been saving for whatever. I don't think there's nothing wrong with saving for whatever. I think you can save for whatever, and God's been so good to us, we can still have a little extra. Drop here and drop yonder. Amen. Might be just what somebody needs. I encourage the church. Keep a little extra. Keep a little handful here and yonder just to drop on purpose. Whatever the need might be for whoever it might be, whatever God nudges, whatever God does, might be what they need. Keep them in the field. Might be the very thing that draws them to his feet. Can I ask you a question? God been good to you? He is the owner of the field. His harvest. His desire. Draw us to his feet. I want to see sinners saved. I want to see churches grow. The ultimate goal is for me and you and everybody else to find ourselves 